welcome to the star's turn cosmos and cards i'm your host jay thank you all so much for joining me we are going to be chatting all about the sun and venus doing this little dance across the sky in libra i had mentioned this before i think in the libra season episode I had mentioned that while making my calendar for October, I make a calendar that has all of the major aspects and the moon phases and all that kind of thing so I can keep track of what's happening on a day-to-day basis. And I had noticed that the Sun and Venus were going to be making three of the same aspects with other planets at the same degree. And I thought that was so interesting and it was really striking And I knew I wanted to come back to it and explore it a little bit more. So that's what we're going to be doing with today's episode. And we will talk about a couple of tarot cards along the way, but there's a lot of astrology to dive into. So let's do that. All right. So first up, we have the sun in Libra trying Saturn in Aquarius. And this is happening on October 11th. Now, this is a mostly welcomed reality check and a chance to get back into alignment with our most core values and goals. So Saturn and the sun are working together to help us create stability around our identity. And they do that through helping us to be more consistent with the behaviors that support our ideal of who we want to be in this life. So it's kind of a mouthful, but essentially it's like, if we want to be a specific type of person, we have to show up in specific ways that reinforce that desire. So it's not about like trying to be something we're not or striving to change in a way that will like make somebody else happy or whatever, but it's like, I want to be this kind of person and that means doing this kind of activity. So for me, in my opinion, this is the kind of adulting that feels actually really meaningful, but we might be getting to it through a kind of quote-unquote mundane way. So very basic example, maybe, you know, in wherever you live, you share the responsibility of paying the bills. And maybe you, you know, as of late, haven't been paying the bill on time or you struggle to pay the bill on time. Um, And obviously, you know, this is not because you're not making enough money. I mean, I'm not even going to go into financial issues and people working 17 jobs they can make ends meet and like it's all bullshit, fuck capitalism, but we still have to pay some bills, unfortunately, right? And so let's say that you want to be a more financially reliable person and you have the means to be. So that looks like paying a bill two weeks ahead of time, you know, and then it might it might suck because... Well, first of all, it seems boring, maybe, maybe not to to everybody, but to a lot of people, I'm sure this example feels very boring and the actual act of doing it probably feels very boring. And it kind of, you know, paying the bill two weeks ahead of time maybe means not being able to go and buy this thing and having that sort of immediate desire fulfilled. But in two weeks time, when the bill is already paid and you're not feeling that stress of the deadline that Saturnine discipline pays off and you get to reap the reward of showing up in that more authentic way for yourself. All right, so Sun-Saturn in a trine, thinking about who we want to be and how we need to make space for the behaviors to help us become that person. 
couple of days later, on October 14th, Venus will meet up in a trine aspect with Saturn at the exact same degree, 18 degrees. And so now Saturn and Venus are working together to help us strengthen our relationships. And it's even more positive and productive than the sun meeting up with Saturn in the trine because the sun in Libra is actually in its fall, which means it's not in its best. It, it's, it doesn't perform at its very, very best in Libra, whereas Venus in Libra and Saturn in Aquarius are both in home signs, so they are fully resourced and showing up as their best selves. So this is helping us to really create stability in our connections through being clear about what kind of commitments and collaborations we want to be part of by staying true to the promises that we've made or by being honest about the ones that we can no longer meet. Another mouthful, I know, but it's really like another reality check and another moment of getting clarity of like, I really want to uphold this commitment to this person because that's really in alignment with the kind of relationship that I want to be in. And this commitment over here really doesn't align with the relationships that I want to be having anymore. And so I need to be honest and upfront and not just like ghost somebody, but, you know, tell them like, this isn't working for me. I can no longer uphold this commitment. I'm really sorry. That's not an easy thing to do. That's another part of adulting. But both Venus and Saturn want to help us create things that are long-lasting and that will stand the test of time. Venus meeting under a trine with Saturn kind of feels like getting married or renewing vows in a way. Like it's stuff that you put into motion under this kind of aspect really has legs to stand on for a long time. And so it's also a really great time to not commit to things that you don't feel good about because they probably have the chance also of lasting longer than you'd like them to, right? But yeah, this is a super powerful day to make long-term commitments and relationships. And it is happening in air signs, right? So this is also a day for having the big conversations, scheduling the meetings, saying something out loud. The spirit of collaboration is really flowing under the trine aspect. And so Maybe everybody feels like they're all on the same page and they want to have these big conversations and figure out how to make things last. And maybe, you know, that will be helpful on the other end of things too, where like you're not interested in keeping that commitment. Maybe that other person or that group or whatever is also no longer interested. And being upfront and honest about these things is definitely the path forward when we're dealing with Saturn. And of course, we're also in relationship with ourselves, right? So this could actually be a continuation of the story that the Sun and Saturn started a few days ago, but we're really mixing in that Venusian sweetness to the, to the mix here. And I do want to briefly mention the Three of Swords and the Six of Swords. So where the Sun and Venus are at in Libra, this is corresponding with the Three of Swords, and Saturn in Aquarius is corresponding with the Six of Swords. And for me, the Three of Swords, to me, it's always been about unburdening your heart. I know a lot of people see like heartache and grief and loss and sorrow, and I think those are emotions that we can be feeling at the time. But the real invitation, the real encouragement here is like, how do we tend to the hurt that we're feeling? And because it's swords, which is air, 
Well, we can talk about it. We can speak on it. We can unburden our heart by speaking some kind of truth. And then with the six of swords, I think it's kind of letting go of what we think we should be doing and moving towards what we're actually meant to be doing. And like I said, the air energy can really help us to discuss things without getting too swept up in emotion, as we might feel the Three of Swords would very much be. And it's okay if we are emotional, but we can also use the very logical and sort of clear, rational air energy to just be like, facts are facts. This is how I'm feeling and I need to get it off my chest. It is okay to lead with your heart and prioritize your heart, of course. That's what we're doing with the Three of Swords. But yeah, there's something here about getting something off your chest so that you and possibly your partner or maybe just you can move on to that more stable place, right? Again, both Sun and um, both Sun and Venus trying Saturn is all about creating some sort of stability by showing up with the behaviors that can support that, that can reinforce that. And with three and six of swords involved, it feels like we have to unburden, we have to let go of some energy so that we can get to that more stable place. And I'm just even looking at the six of swords in the Smith weight deck. And on the side of the water that it feels like the figures are rowing away from, there are ripples and there are waves. And yet if you look ahead to where it looks like they're going, the water is still and calm. So again, moving towards something more stable, more supportive. So next up, we have the Sun in Libra, trying Mars and Gemini, happening on October 17th. And I think I've mentioned this before, but whenever I say dates, it is based on when it's happening in the Eastern time zone. So if anybody is really interested in having specific times, maybe I could put that in the show notes. Let me know. All right, so Sun, Trine, Mars. This is a trickier aspect for sure. As I've already mentioned, the Sun is in fall in Libra. And Mars is moving really slowly right now because it's in a retroshade. It's super close to being retrograde. And so neither of these planets are really showing up with their full force. And that might be reflected in us where we don't feel like we can fully show up, which is kind of a bummer, right? Because we just did all that work showing up with Saturn. But this is more of an energy level type thing, but I'll get into that in a minute. Now, Mars problems do tend to resolve themselves a little bit quicker than, say, like a Saturn or a Pluto problem. And we are still dealing with a trine aspect, and a trine aspect is very, very positive. Again, the spirit of collaboration is still absolutely there. So whatever problems arise, we can definitely work through them, but perhaps not in the way that we'd hoped, or it might just take more effort than we'd anticipated. And our energy levels are kind of low. Like the sun and Mars are both in difficult positions. And I mean, the sun is like the central force of our solar system, of our astrology. And Mars really represents drive and motivation. So if you've been feeling a little bit of a lack of energy, please go easy on yourself. I know that Mars and Gemini has been really helpful for a lot of people, but for just as many people, it's been really fucking exhausting. 
Hi, hello, that's me. I have a difficult time with Gemini energy and Mars rules my chart, so yay. But it's okay, we're handling it. We're getting through. So this is what I mean. The energy levels are a little bit low and the problems that are arising are just like that much more aggravating and annoying because we have to expend the extra energy than we had anticipated. And things I think might feel a bit messy because the last major aspect that Mars was involved with or involved in was a square with Neptune. Squares are tenuous and Neptune tends to make things a little bit foggy, a little bit unclear, especially when under a more tenuous aspect. So there could be this feeling of like, well, damn, this is not where we thought we'd be when we planned all of this out. Like, how the fuck did we end up here? Right? So our energy might actually be put towards sorting through the mess that we're in rather than being able to move forward in the way that Mars really likes to move forward. And the thing is, too, on this day, the moon will be in its last quarter phase. And if you guys listen to the lunar cycle episode, you'll know that the last quarter phase is kind of a a what now phase. It's a crisis point. So maybe there's some hesitancy around what comes next for you and kind of a struggle to deal properly with the obstacles that are arising, at least temporarily. I do think that this is surmountable. We can get through this. We do have a Mars retrograde to contend with, but that is a story for another episode and that episode is absolutely coming. But for now, our energy is getting a little bit tied up in this. But again, it's like everyone or everything involved because it's a trine wants to move through it. We just have to figure out maybe more creative ways of doing so. And obviously with all of these aspects, you definitely, I mean, we definitely want to be paying attention to the Libra part of our chart because it is so loud and vocal this season. Uh, And then of course, for this aspect in particular, looking at Gemini and seeing, you know, how are these two areas of the chart coming together? How are they speaking to one another? What is the overall theme here? The nice thing, though, is that just a day later on October 18th, Venus will also make a trine with Mars and Gemini at the same degree, 24 degrees. And this is really the better of the two, a trend I'm sure you can see forming, again, because Venus is at home in Libra. So she's just that much more capable of bringing some joy and some support to the situation. And I really think that's what this is. It's like, Whatever kind of issues and obstacles we were facing on the 17th, if we were, right? I mean, I guess that's another good thing to say is that not all aspects hit all of us in the same ways. It's always going to depend on what's happening in your own chart and how the current planets are interacting with your own natal planets. And there can be something so much stronger happening in a different area of your chart that like this just doesn't even register. But That's also another story for another podcast. So if there were issues and sticky situations you were dealing with or or the low energy or trying to find creative solutions to the sun trine Mars, Venus does come in and offer a little bit of support and encouragement and is basically like, you got this. It brings its Venusian sweetness, a boost of joy, and it's really nice. And here's the other way it could play out. And sometimes I do think that when planets meet up, in the trine aspect 
or even when there's just like, how do I put this? I think sometimes, okay, I think sometimes planet planets meeting up in this way is kind of to serve as a reminder that there isn't just one thing happening in our lives or in our charts, right? Like no matter how loud or central something might be, there is stuff going on in the peripheries. And maybe we can use days like this to bring that more into focus. So like, yes, having Mars and Gemini in my chart has been particularly challenging. But I also have been very much enjoying Venus's ingress and transit through Libra because that makes things a little bit happier for another area of my life. And maybe that's what this trine can help us realize as well. Like, yeah, the Mars and Gemini, especially now as it's moving slowly, it's a tricky energy. Our energy levels can feel scattered. We can feel overwhelmed by options and decisions. And, you know, it is lacking those resources required to take the action, like I said. But Venus in Libra is bringing a sweetness, right? And that little bit of soothing balm. And if we look to that area of our lives, like maybe things are going really well over there. And we can kind of just reflect on that and think about the gratitude that we have for that part of life, right? And things will change. Mars won't be in Gemini forever. It'll be there for 100,000 years, but it won't be there forever. Okay, I'm just kidding. It'll only be there until March, but that feels like 100,000 years away. So this is another trine. So again, the flow of collaboration is there. And we could see, you know, with Venus being so empowered at home in Libra, we could see that it offers some help to Mars over in Gemini. But Again, it'll really depend on where those houses are in your chart and how those areas of life could be interacting. Or maybe it's that what we couldn't achieve on our own on October 17th is like totally doable with the right connection, with the right relationship. Yeah, because Venus and relationships. And I will say that, you know, not much in the sky has changed. Obviously, it's really only a day, but the moon has changed. As we know, it it fluctuates the most. And she has moved into her waning crescent phase. So there's just that much less tension happening. Just that day later, the moon moving away from a square with the sun and into that waning crescent position. So there's just a little bit more ease and flow. The next up, we have the Sun in Libra, square Pluto in Capricorn, happening on October 19th, 26 degrees of each sign. And these are going to be the trickier ones because they are squares. And as I've said multiple times, squares are these aspects that require adjustment. They are like meeting an obstacle that is surmountable, but meeting that obstacle nonetheless and having to figure out how we move through them or around them or go back to the drawing board or whatever. So Sun square Pluto is conflicting priorities and differences in opinion and some level of negotiation has got to happen. And I do feel like this is kind of a test. After the very stabilizing Sun-Saturn trine and then the somewhat destabilizing Sun-Mars trine, like how are we going to continue to show up? Are we going to be able to continue to show up, right? Or is it like I just said, we got to go back to the drawing board a little bit? You know, Pluto can often bring power dynamics front and center. 
And with the sun, it's like, where is our personal power, right? Sun representing us and identity. And are we being asked to sacrifice that personal power for something? And how can we show up for ourselves and stay in alignment with our values, even though it might not be what's wanted by whoever or whatever this power dynamic is showing up as? And in Libra, we'll certainly be feeling some people-pleasing tendencies, and we might be inclined to just do whatever is being asked so we don't rock the boat too much, but we have to ask ourselves, is that relinquishing of power really worth it? Just so we don't piss somebody else off or so we don't disrupt their day? Like, is giving away our power really worth that? I don't know. But also with Libra energy, the flip side of that coin or the other side of the scale, I suppose I should say, is that compromise is often possible with Libra energy, with that, with that influence of Libra. So a compromise might definitely be achievable here. But like I said, it is a square aspect, so adjustments need to be made. But maybe you're seeing that the adjustment is actually just not backing down and learning how to navigate the friction that that might cause or increase. But sometimes we do hold on to control of things that we really don't need to control. So for some of us, I think it will be a lesson in letting go of that control because that's what's actually in alignment. And that's how we honor the work of the Sun-Saturn trine. So we will have to, there's not one size fits all here. The adjustment that needs to be made will be different for each of us. And we kind of have to figure out like, have we been holding on too much or have we been not holding on enough? And then the very next day, Venus in Libra will square Pluto and Capricorn at 26 degrees. So that's October 20th. And again, it's a sweeter version of what's happened with the sun. The discomfort of the Pluto power dynamic and the square aspect can now be navigated with the sweetness and the diplomacy of Venus at home in Libra. So we're still dealing with differences in priorities, but with more of a willingness to work through them, even though it is under the square aspect. Another thing about Pluto is that it tends to bring something to the surface. It's always unearthing things that were previously hidden and making these revelations and, and you know, big truth tellings. And so we may discover something about our relationships whether it's one specifically or our general approach, whatever. And it might be an uncomfortable revelation. Pluto isn't necessarily the most gentle planet. But it'll be really important to explore whatever that truth is. And since Venus, again, isn't an air sign, there is that willingness to talk things through with your partners. You know, there's a desire to strengthen the trust you have with one another by being more vulnerable and intimate. Again, back to the square, adjustments need to be made. So maybe it's you adjusting to the idea of being more vulnerable or adjusting to the idea of seeing somebody in a more vulnerable position. If you're not used to having these more deep and intimate conversations, it might be just kind of adjusting your comfort level. And Venus in Libra is also very prepared to fight for some kind of fairness, justice. There's a very strong desire to do what's right. So 
And I say right like that because I guess it's kind of subjective, but again, another story for another podcast, I guess. But so we may find ourselves using the like the Venusian power of negotiating in a very persuasive manner to fight for something that we really care about. And maybe that's our relationships or maybe that's our self-sovereignty or maybe it's something bigger outside of ourselves. All right. And the last aspect that I'm going to chat about is the sun conjunct Venus in Libra on October 22nd, happening at 29 degrees of Libra. So, I mean, this is them fully meeting up together. Again, I don't know the dance words, but this would be like them totally smushed up. They're at the exact same degree. So maybe they're like standing in a line and you can only see the sun or you can only see Venus or whatever. But they, this is called the Kazemi and we talked about Mercury Kazemi in maybe the Libra season episode, but that is anytime a planet meets up with the sun. And so now we have the same thing happening. So we had the Sun Mercury Kazemi in Libra at like zero degrees of Libra. And now we have the Sun Venus Kazemi happening at the very end at 29 degrees of Libra. And like, this is what I mean. Sun in Libra this year is so loud. This sign associated with justice and equality has so much to say this year. And perhaps that shouldn't be surprising, right? Given the amount of injustice we see on a regular fucking basis in this world. And so I can't help but wonder what insights Venus, this planet that's associated with women or feminine identifying people, is bound to gain while she sits at the heart of the sun. And what we might learn or see kind of come to light surrounding gender or women's issues. I hope it's good stuff. (laughs) But there'll be truths and truths are always good no matter what because then we can move forward with better clarity and better understanding. But remember, while planets are in the heart of the sun, they're in an elevated position. They are protected. They are in a very sacred and beneficial spot to gain information that is otherwise hidden from them or that's just inaccessible on a regular basis. But once they get that close to the sun, the secrets are revealed. And so with Mercury, we saw kind of the elevation of ideas and communication in general. And with Venus, we might expect to see the elevation or centering of Venusian things, right? Like pleasure, leisure, the arts and beauty, relationships. So on this day, we might get a better understanding or some clarity. Or we can be active about it and and reflect on these things ourselves as well and think about how we might center these things in our own lives. So how can we center pleasure and leisure and joy and the arts and beauty and relationships? How can we make those things come more into focus? And what are we learning about our relationship to them or how they are a part of our lives or how they show up in our lives? We could be learning something new about relationships. And as I kind of mentioned, I really do see it as this culmination of the dance that Venus and the sun have been creating across the sky. It's kind of this chance for them to sit down and and do the like the cool down exercises or whatever and kind of discuss how it all went, like what they each learned from their interactions with Saturn, Mars, and Pluto. And 
most likely, you know, Venus is really sitting at the the feet, the whatever of the sun and, and really learning from it. And anytime a planet meets with the sun, it does start a new cycle. Just like when the moon meets up with the sun, it's a new moon. So it's like a new Venus of sorts. So maybe this is a small rest before that new cycle. And I do now want to talk about the four of swords, which corresponds to the decan that the sun and Venus are meeting up in, in Libra. And I just, in my notes here, I just have in all cap locks, like, rest. It's been such a busy few weeks for Venus and the sun, and maybe for us as well and for the areas of our chart that they've been activating and the relationships and topics that all those houses and those planets represent. It's been a lot. And now we do get this moment of kind of clarity and understanding and breakthrough and deeper insight, but it can also be this moment to chill, like a brief, a brief respite from all of that. And they're swapping stories and sharing insights, but it's like in their little private space. I don't know. I just kind of see them on like super comfortable, like cushions or something and like eating grapes and I don't know. It's like very lush. There's like a fountain in the background. It's gorgeous. I love it. I want to be there. And it's sunny. Of course it's sunny. Venus at the heart of the sun. It's like probably very hot, but like in the best way. Okay. So, and you know how like sometimes when we push ourselves to go, 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 we end up feeling totally blocked. We get really bogged down and unclear because we're tired, right? But we're in that mindset. We're in that motion. So we feel like we have to keep going and keep pushing. And yet when we do allow ourselves the space for rest, the channel just kind of clears itself because we allowed, we allowed that space for the recuperation and the rejuvenation and the regeneration. And so everything else follows and opens us up. And I feel like this four of swords moment of rest for Venus and the sun is really nicely reflected in the nature of a Kazemi to bring about these insights. And then just a day later, the sun and Venus will ingress to Scorpio, beginning Scorpio season. But I'm going to talk more about that in an upcoming episode where we deep dive on all things Scorpio and maybe what's to come and probably the death card and all that goodness. So that's where we're going to end it today for the sun and Venus and a couple of swords cards that we went through. And yeah. I find this super fascinating. I don't know if any of you are as fascinated by this little dance between the sun and Venus and the way it culminated with that conjunction. I am I'm I'm recording this obviously before any of it has actually played out in real life, so I have yet to experience any of it and I have been thinking it might be interesting to maybe start doing some episodes that are retrospectives of aspects that I talk about kind of before they happen to see how they play out because you know we can talk about this stuff in theory and I I put together things that I have from notes like okay here's what I know about the sun here's what I know about Venus here's what I know about the aspect known as the trine and I just you know mix and match and I think about what signs it's all happening in and where it's happening in the chart and and what else might be influencing things like the moon but 
really then you get to the day and it's like, oh, that's what that was telling me. So it wasn't at all this thing, but it really was meant to play out in this way. You know, I'm not going to be 100% correct, like, ever. Hopefully I'm close. That'd be cool. That would mean that I'm learning. But um, yeah, to do a retrospective to kind of see how things played out and how it played out for all of you. I think that's the best way to learn astrology is to live it, reflect on it. Sometimes I find astrology more useful looking back than looking ahead because we can like contextualize events that have happened. But I'm rambling now and that's just an idea. So another thing that you can reach out and let me know, as always, you can find me on Instagram at damnfinewitch. Tell a friend. If you're enjoying the show, rate, review it. That would be super helpful. I would be very grateful for that if you're enjoying it, if you feel called to. And thank you so much for joining me, everyone. I can't wait to talk to you about Scorpio season. Yes. But until then, I will catch you in the cosmos.